Welcome to the Jesus 360 podcast, devotional guide to the names and descriptions of Jesus given to us by the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. Brother Daniel and myself, Blair Phillips, will be co-hosting today's discussion on Jesus, the Lamb with seven horns. And so we are in Revelation chapter 5, verse 6, which reads, it says, John is saying, And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. And so we're honing into that uh, picture of this lamb who was slain, but John sees that he has seven horns. And so, Daniel, for a lot of us in our New Testament context, this is a, a different phrase, a different description, something we're not used to. So, Brother Daniel, would you break down to us this concept of horns? And why seven? Well, obviously, this is an enigma and a mystery. So, we know in part, as the scripture says, and we declare and prophesy in part. So, Lord Jesus, will you help us at this moment of time by your spirit to understand the beauty of Jesus with the seven horns? No, natural lamb obviously have two horns. They don't have seven horns. So, we know for sure that this is more than just a natural imagery. Mm. Just as Daniel saw the beast in Daniel chapter 7, by the time he reaches the fourth beast, that was great and terrifying, <laughs> and he has ten horns, it puzzled him because it doesn't fit into any of the natural beasts or animals that he had come across. And we have to understand that Daniel was high up in the administration of the strongest and most powerful empire in the Near East, so he had seen a lot of natural animals. But even with the vast experience he has, he has no words for what he saw. So John now sees Jesus having seven horns. And if we use the same principle as we would interpret the book of Daniel, which uh, in many ways the, the apocalypse uh, of uh, John and the uh, apocalypse of Daniel is kind of uh, similar genre literature, uh, we, along with Psalm 75, we would know that the understanding of the horns has to do with the kingly and kingdom authority and power. Sometimes it talks about kings, and sometimes it talks about the kingdoms that belong to the kings. But it's linked to reign, authority, powers. And we also saw in Revelation 13 and Revelation 17, 18, you have the beast of the ten horns. And yeah, it's the same with ten kings or ten kingdoms. So when Jesus has seven horns, I believe he's not talking about he has seven kingdoms or he has seven kings. But the words, the number seven in biblical term denotes completion and uh, the the full uh, reality, not not lack, not not short of anything. So based on that principle and that typology. I would say that uh, when John sees Jesus as the lamb with seven horns, he sees the Jesus of Matthew 28, verse 18, where Jesus declared, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. He's the lamb who has all authority and all power. And so it's exousia, it's dunamis, it's, it's tune, and, and it's all different, even kratos, uh, the, the different um, expression of power uh, that is, uh, that is uh, used in the Bible, Jesus has all of them. He has the full reality of them. There is no, um, 
no sense that Jesus is lack in any of the dimension, either authority or power. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus just come into receiving that. Even though Matthew 28 says that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given, sounded like once upon a time he didn't have it, and then suddenly he has it. Same image, same imagery was portrayed in Philippians chapter 2. He says that because of what he did on the cross, and he yielded to obedience even to death on the cross, he was given a name above every other name. Then he was raised to the right hand of the Father in the highest possible place. Sounded like he was not there before, and he actually had to get there. Now, the truth of the fact is he has always been eternally the Almighty. But because of his incarnation as Son of Man, the Son of Man component in him has to be elevated uh, to receive the seven horns in the position of the seven horns. In other words, that, uh, that uh, his incarnation nature, the word become flesh, and that doesn't minimize uh, his authority and power at any point of time, but rather uh, because he became flesh, the humanity reality that's in him is now caught up to his eternal divinity. I think I have limited words here. I'm trying to describe a concept that is hard to describe. But it's basically, I'm trying to communicate the fact that Jesus has never at one point of time in eternal history has ever had diminished sense of authority and power. He didn't have to get to that level of being, having seven horns. He has always had seven horns. But because of the the dynamic of space-time for a short period of time when he was incarnate into uh, the flesh. He actually, uh, the, 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 the Jesus Christ of Nazareth during the earthly dimension uh, had a process involved of him uh, coming into realization of who he actually has been for all eternity. It wasn't so much that, uh, that he didn't have it. It is his, um, his growth in realization as well as the reali realization of the created order that this Lamb of God is the Lamb with seven horns. He's not any other being. He is the Almighty. So the created order have to realize who He is rather than He doesn't have it. And I also believe because of humanity and the limitation of the human frame, as Hebrew 5 would say, he has to learn obedience. Sounds like this component of learning involved, even though he was born perfect. But the, the humanity in him requires some process involved, just because of limitation of humanity within him. Yeah, I, Brother Daniel, I think we, when we look at this picture of the Lamb in the midst of the throne, he's been ascribed a messianic name, he's been ascribed to the Jewish nation, but and then we have to wrestle with this one who's found worthy is a man. And so we have to wrestle with the, the weakness of the flesh and beholding him, or, or we get to marvel at that. But then we start seeing that he, even though he's a man, that he has the divine nature of all authority. And in the next description, I'll talk about that he has the divine nature of being filled with the Spirit of God. And so this aspect of authority, I think you, the Matthew 28 captures it perfectly, that this one has the authority to command all spheres of the uh, of existence forever. Oh, good word picture will be when he come the storm, the, the disciples say, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. By the word he come the storm. When he cast out legions of demons, yeah. 
Who is he that he would cast out legion? So the people, the created order, are coming into realization of who he is actually with the authority and power. His meekness is not separated from his authority. Yes, actually his meekness kind of clothed his authority and we actually interacted with his power and authority progressively as the Spirit of God will, will lead. Like for example, uh, you know, some people say it's powerful for him to raise the dead, that he called Lazarus and Lazarus came out from the grave four days after he died. But that is actually meekness as we know it because mm-hmm. only Lazarus came out from the grave. He has authority to raise every single dead person from the grave, but he only raised one because he limited himself in that sense. And, and we see many, many occasions where Jesus would uh, allow himself to be known that he's the one who is actually having seven horns, mm-hmm. complete in authority and power. Even on the Mount Transfiguration, they were speechless. They didn't know mm-hmm. what to do and say. The disciples that know him so well were dumbfounded, like mm-hmm. literally speechless when they saw him transfigured with Elijah and Moses. So uh, there is a process of discovery mm-hmm. that he is the lamb with seven horns. Yeah, the Holy Spirit lets John see that that though he was slain, though he's pictured in heaven in the midst of this glorious uh, scene, that his yeah his meekness, his humility, and his redemption through sacrifice is anointed with that authority. Now, to our audience, this is very important because in our life, um, oftentimes we feel oppressed. We feel mm-hmm. we our life is uh, does not have the complete freedom because there are some. A limitation of uh, our freedom or ability for us to express ourselves or do certain things because of some oppressive spiritual power or even oppressive human agent or environment. We have to understand that we, we serve the Lamb of God with seven horns, with all authority and power. So because we are under His authority and power, we are under the highest authority and the power of God. And so if there's anything at all we need to break through in Christ, we are never lack of authority. We never lack of power in Christ. Now, if you do it apart from Christ, that's a different story. It's rebellion like the rest of things. But if you're yielded in Christ, our true nature, our identity and who we are, the excess of authority and power we have, that's why Jesus said, go to the nation. It is when we go to the nation under this authority and power to make disciples and to teach them to observe all all the things that the Lord has commanded, it is, a, it is a challenging and almost impossible task because we're coming against status quo and stronghold, ancient strongholds that would not let the people go to worship the Lord. And therefore, we have to understand that the one who is dwelling within us, the one that we're laboring under, uh, the canopy, the covering and the name is the one with seven horns and he has complete authority and power against every beastly kingdom, against every beastly regime against every beastly system and ideology because he's the lamb who has seven horns and brother daniel just a, a word picture or a scene from scripture i want to share before we head into the prayer component is uh of you know john is seeing the lamb as though he was slain and he sees this this revelation of his authority and i think uh, if we look uh, i can't remember which gospel helped me but the one that records jesus speaking to the thief on the cross 
when uh, the th- one of the thieves rebukes the other thief who's mocking Jesus, and Jesus, who in the process of being slain and in the process of suffering one of the most gruesome deaths on earth, has the authority to turn to that uh, repentive thief on the cross next to him and offer him eternal salvation in that very moment. And I think that's just a beautiful scene to behold as we meditate as on this, that that Jesus, even in the midst of his sacrifice, is able to offer the authority of eternal redemption to one who is uh, dying beside him. And so, Jesus, we say thank you. Thank you that you are the slain lamb that has seven horns on your head. We say thank you that because you are the slain lamb with seven horns, we are those who are underneath your authority. You are the one who has all authority, and we have been brought into covenant relationship. We've been brought underneath the inheritance of who you are in your name, and we say thank you. And because we have this redemption with this authority, today we can live free from every spirit of oppression, every demonic spirit. Today we ask you for a breaking in of the reality that our king, the slain lamb, has all authority in heaven and on earth, and that every single demonic spirit that is oppressing our lives and our families can be broken off by the name of Jesus Christ. And in in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We want to thank you for joining us for this Jesus 360 podcast, and we look forward to you joining us next time as we continue on through the book of Revelation in the names and descriptions of Jesus. You satisfy my soul, you satisfy my soul, you satisfy my soul with your love, you satisfy